welcome back to the In The Country podcast. This week we're going to be talking about goal setting and whether that is in your business sort of life or your personal life, whether you own your own business and you're setting goals for that or you own your own blog and you're setting growth goals. Goal setting in general is something we're going to be talking about and it's something that inspires so many people and motivates motivates all of us really um alongside that we're going to be talking about how to become more organized how to keep on top of things and how to really grasp a positive mindset so i'm going to leave this week's episode to the conversation and enjoy i'm here with the one and only tara from tara planter pr um welcome and thank you very much for joining me thank you for having me um so we're sat in tara's sort of idyllic Cotswolds HQ, which is on a farm, which is lovely. Um, and the Cotswolds for me is is quickly becoming kind of my, my country escape from an existing sort of rural life. Um, and we've got a lovely cup of tea, lovely Emma Bridgewater mugs, which I love. Um, and we, we've kind of just alluded to this, but 2019 was massive for you and for your business. Um, so essentially, I know we're not that far into 2020, but how has it been so far for you? And do you kind of want to tell us a little bit about your business and what you do? Obviously, lots of people probably follow you on Instagram, so they've, they've seen what you do. But for those that, that haven't, or maybe, you know, just would like a little bit more of an insight, talk away. <laughs> okay, so thank you so much for having me, firstly. Um, yes, I and Tara, I run an international PR, marketing and coaching company. Um, My mission in life is to help business owners with their strategy, sales and success. Um, I'm a qualified NLP and hypnotherapist practitioner so that I can help clients achieve their goals quicker and much easier. Um, I launched my, well I went freelance in 2015 and then set up a PR company in 2016. Um, And it has just grown massively and yeah, last year was a massive year for us. Um, Grew the team, hit six figures. Um, and just really, really got a feel for what I want to create and how I want to help my clients moving forwards. And we're, what, two-thirds of the way through January and it's already (laughs) been super, super busy, um, but already shaping up to be a brilliant year. That's really good. And I was talking to somebody recently and we were were sort of saying that there seems to be kind of a a positive, can-do, goal-getting attitude to this year already. I think that, you know... I don't know, it just seems like people's mindsets have changed. And, and one thing you really um, kind of talk about is is kind of adopting that mindset and that kind of the visualising and things like that. So I'm really keen to explore that with you and how, you know, how that's helped your business, but how you also use that to, to kind of help other people grow their own business. Yep, so I started working on my mindset in October 2018 when I started working with a coach who was a positive psychologist. Um, Before that, I had a lot of self-belief, pretty confident person, (laughs) but what I didn't recognise was that um, your your mind has got two parts. You've got your conscious mind and your unconscious mind. And the unconscious mind is the the big part that I think so many people don't necessarily know how to tap into, and that's something that they really struggle with. Mm Um, and it was when I started working on my own mindset that my results personally and professionally really started to skyrocket. Um, and it then became apparent that, 
you know, your mindset is your biggest asset. Yes, you can have the best laptop, you can have the best marketing, you can have the best phone, you can have the best car, you can have the best anything. <laughs> but if you haven't got the right mindset, that's always going to hold you back. Yeah. Um, so when I sort of recognised that the mindset is so important, mm -hmm. that's when I started thinking about how I can start to incorporate mindset work with my clients. Yeah. Um, so with both my PR clients and my coaching clients, you know, we have regular calls where we just make sure that we're setting those goals. Um, and we're doing it from a place that the unconscious mind can really get into rapport with. Um, and it has just absolutely massively helped my success and I know that it's already helping my clients' success. Um, it's also why I have launched a mindset and marketing retreat yeah. <laughs> um, because I know that the two are so intertwined and you know when you get both aspects of the mindset and the marketing right then absolutely anything is possible. Brilliant and, and kind of following on from that um, you know you have been a massive support for me and my business. You've been you've been kind of a, a source of guidance, um, inspiration, encouragement, and so really, you know, if if somebody is struggling with with their business and you know their mindset potentially, um, because I was talking in in my podcast episode with Danielle that actually your your kind of mind is your biggest enemy, really. Um, and I know you've brought out, is it, is it a, like a notebook planner type thing? That, yeah. that, and you regularly write down your, your visions each day. So, yeah. and how did that sort of start for you? I know you said you kind of decided to, to take the leap and invest in your own um, kind of coaching for your own mindset. But, you know, I remember seeing you go to LA and you kind of, it was almost watching that story and watching that journey and, and you kind of came back and we followed it online and you came back and you're just, you almost seem to have just nailed it. You were just, you were just, I don't know, this whole wave of kind of inspiration. And I can do this. I am powerful and I can do this. So, I mean, if you have any tips for small businesses listening, you know, freelancers, entrepreneurs, things like that, and, and essentially as well, um, what I am curious to know is what the, the, the clients that you coach or the businesses that you work with, what would their biggest kind of, challenge be what do they regularly come and say to you i am struggling with okay so yes the morning routine notepad you mentioned so yes. when i started doing work on the mindset in october 2018 that's when my coach nick pigeon said you need to really start with you start your day with a morning routine and i thought oh, i haven't got time for that you know i've got a horse i've got a dog i want to get out i want to get up and you know get on with the day and she was like you have to try it I was like, okay, if I have to. Um, and it takes 21 days to form a habit. And I was probably about two weeks in, I was like, this is really rubbish. I'm really not enjoying this. And I sort of relayed this information to her and she said, you've got to keep going. And she said, the most important 20 minutes of the day that you will have is that time first thing in the morning. Okay. If you get up first thing in the morning and start scrolling Facebook or Instagram or checking your emails, you're 45% less productive throughout the day. Wow which is a massive amount. Yeah. And I think as business owners, we've each got the same 24 hours in a day. So mm -hmm. it's being really mindful of how we're spending that time. Yeah. Um, and I then, I stuck with the morning routine and then I just loved it. So even if I'm having a bad week, mm -hmm. I still get up and do that morning routine. Even if I've got to be on the road at 5 a.m., I will still yeah. get up and make sure it's done. Um, just so that I know that I'm getting really clear on what I want to achieve for the day. Yeah. Um, so the morning, morning routine focuses on gratitude. So making sure that you're coming at your day from a place of 
gratitude and being really grateful, a place of positivity. Um, it also incorporates a, a small meditation, just so that we're, again, coming at the day from a place of calm. Um, I then set my goals for the day, so set my intentions, what it is I want to achieve. Mm -hmm. um, and then I also write out my goal for the month, which is yeah. always an income goal. Um, and it's really important, and we'll, I think we'll touch on goals a little bit later, yeah. but um, it's really important when you're setting yourself monthly goals that you are really tuning into them every single day mm -hmm. so that your unconscious mind is just starting to think that you've done it already because yeah, for yeah. the past 10 days you've written that you've already hit this goal yeah. and it's going to think, well, you've already hit it. So it's not that hard to hit yeah. it again. And it's just about trying to reframe your mind because there are days I wake up and I feel shit. Mm -hmm. And... <laughs> <laughs> Well, I just swear. <laughs> there are days that I wake up feeling crap. Um, I'm tired. I'm annoyed, and I just can't be bothered with the day sometimes. And it happens. Yeah. But actually, I get up and I'm like, right. How can I reframe mm -hmm. this? How can I get myself into that positive, calm space yeah. so that I can still go about my day the mm -hmm. best way? And I found it so valuable that I created this notepad just so that I could help people start their yeah. day the best way. Really. I mean, I, I know for myself that I I am the kind of person. And, and it's actually, it's really interesting to hear you say that because I know, um, and then through these podcasts, what's really lovely is that people get an insight into, or you guys listening, you get an insight into who I am, but also who, who the guests that are coming on are as well. And I think that's really important. But, but going back to what you've just said, I know I am horrific at getting up. I'm awful. I roll out of bed at the very, you know, last minute. My routine's always the same don't have time for a tea um so can you not have time I for know, a tea well I, this is the thing i say i don't have time for a tea um i've recently moved home so and my, i've noticed my mum every single morning she has a tea in the morning and i'm like no 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 i've got to go do the horse so off i go and do the horse and I come back and then i start my day and actually um danielle who i stayed with last night she says she always has a bowl of fresh fruit in the morning. So similar to a, to a cup of tea or a cup of coffee, whatever you need to start your day. And, and I, you know, she made, gave me a bowl of fruit this morning and it was like fresh mango. And it was just like the, the, the power that that had, that, that really great start to the day had, was just phenomenal. Like I, we were saying, you know, ready to start the day, I feel great, I feel productive now, I can do anything. And so I can totally see that, that that's, Kind of morning routine for you and for your clients and for the people that have bought the notebook because you can buy it, can't even buy the planner. Yeah. Um, is really really beneficial and probably something I want to do um, <laughs> to snap out of that routine. Um, and so I'm really interested to know, and I, I think we've probably spoken about this before, um, you know, ourselves. But how, where did essentially where did Tara PR come from? Where were you before that? What inspired the, the business? And to kind of just embark on that journey, really. Okay, so roll back five years. Yeah. This time five years ago, I was just about to jet off to the Caribbean. <laughs> um, I was very, very unhappy. Okay. Um, I was a manager um, at a local uh, boutique hotel mm -hmm. um, and just not very happy at all. Um, my sister has a, a photography business and I remember at the time she was saying to me, oh, just set up your own business. And she's five years younger than me and I was like, oh yeah, because it's that easy. Um, and I was just, you know, I've always wanted to do something in the equine in industry. I had done um, an equine and agricultural business degree at the Royal Ag. Um, so I knew I wanted to do something, I just didn't know what. Yeah. 
Um, and fast forward to June 2015, and I had a very lucky meeting with a gentleman who was setting up a, an equestrian lifestyle website. And I'm very nosy slash nice, and I was just sort of trying to sort of find out a little bit more about yeah. him and about the business. Um, and I remember saying to him, kind of tongue-in-cheek but jokingly, if you want anyone to write a guest article, please let me know. Yeah. Well, there then came a circumstance at work where they tried to change my contract mm-hmm. and said if I didn't like it, I could leave. And I thought, oh, mm, this yeah. is my chance. Wow, <laughs> so I had no savings. I had £200 in my bank. And I just thought, I need to get out of here. So I rang that guy back instantly and I said, I'm now unemployed, so really, if you want yeah. anyone to write an article, yeah. let me know. He said, well, yeah, write me one, whatever you want to write it on. So I wrote one on retraining racehorses because yeah. it was something that I had done previously and absolutely loved. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd always dreamt, yes, yeah. I'd always dreamt of having another ex-racehorse, which um, I now have gorgeous Ollie. Mm-hmm. Um, and I sort of sent him this article and literally that same day because I was so inspired and so excited yeah. to write it and he loved it and he said do you suppose you want to go to Hickstead this weekend I was like what <laughs> it's like three days really <laughs> I said yeah oh my god I'd love to now I have watched Hickstead on tv my whole life yeah. and I just always loved it but I'd never been mm-hmm. and I said oh my god I'd love to and he got me a press pass oh, and I remember setting off at about 5 a.m on yeah. the Saturday of the Derby meeting and I was just so excited yeah. and I just couldn't quite believe that it was happening. Mm-hmm. And I thought, oh my God, this is so exciting. <laughs> and I got there and I had massive imposter syndrome. I was like, who am I to be here? Yeah. I don't know where the press office is. I don't yeah. know what I'm doing. I'm just going to try and blag it. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's very much what I did. But yeah. I had a brilliant, brilliant day. Um, I remember watching Harriet Nuttall, I think it was, win the Speed Derby, yeah. and I was just hooked, and I just thought, oh my gosh, this is amazing. And that first press experience is just one you'll never forget. Oh, like, never. I've got goosebumps yeah, just talking I, about it. I mean, I don't it. know about you, but I've got my past still. For my very first, pre- I mean, I keep most of them because I'm just like that. I'm very nostalgic. But, but that first one where you, like you say, you turn up... And you're entitled to be there because yeah. you're, you know, you, you've got a press pass. You're, you're meant to be there, but you just feel like, I can't do this. Why am I here? What, yeah. what am I going to talk about? And and it's a really, really special, special thing. So yeah. I've got a board up the stairs, which I will yeah. show you after this. There's so many <laughs> oh, of my really? press passes, car passes. Oh, it's so special. It's so important to keep. Oh, I've thing. got more. Yeah. Honestly, so they all mean so much. So. Yeah, that was how it all kind of started. And I was working as a journalist. Um, I was probably on the road four or five days a week, going wow. everywhere. For this, for loved this it for guy. this company. Yeah. Um, absolutely loved it. And then I started doing some social media management for him, for his yeah. neighbour, for a couple of small businesses um, in the Cotswolds. And started doing a bit of web editing as well. So uploading new products, uploading articles, all those sorts of things. Um, but because I was on the road so much, I was talking to lots of business owners, lots of riders, yeah. and there, there was this common theme that they wanted me to help them with their social media, mm-hmm. with their, mm-hmm. um, their PR, and helping them get featured in magazines and get more sales. Yeah. Um, and I was just sort of really listening to all of these things and yeah. just thinking, what can I do? And then I just thought I could just set up that as a business. Yeah. I loved being a journalist, absolutely loved it, mm-hmm. um, but it was very tiring being on the road so much yeah. and being away from my husband so much. Um, now husband, wasn't <laughs> my husband back then. Um, so yeah, I then set up the PR company in October 2016. Amazing. Because um, at the time, when when you would have been um, working for that gentleman and his business and, and other small businesses with their social media, social media was probably relatively new at that point emerging as a, as yeah. a marketing tool it wasn't kind of as it is now where everybody uses it it's so so powerful and so 
you know, they, they probably saw that and knew that there's a gap. You know, they, they don't know how to do it. And so they need help with that. Um, and so you, you probably sort of started your, your business at a time where it was, it was so new and so open and people didn't know about it. So you're probably one of the first sort of equine PR agencies to kind of do that, I guess, really. Yeah, I think social media was a thing, but it yeah. wasn't as big as it yeah. was now from a business perspective. I think, you know, at the time, I think people were spending a lot of money on traditional print advertising. Mm-hmm. Um, they were thinking about sponsoring events, sponsoring shows, mm-hmm. sponsoring sportsmen and women um, and that all being part of a very integrated Mm -hmm. strategy whereas now I think a lot of my clients are certainly looking to try and get as much as they can from social media Mm -hmm. um, trying to think about different ways of increasing their brand awareness so thinking about things like podcasts Mm -hmm. writing guest articles all those sorts of things Um, but yeah social media definitely wasn't as massive as it is now when I started and I was I was like what you've just said I was putting together proposals for for sort of advertising uh, clients that I think you know would fit well with with what's coming up in the magazine over the next year and and actually you know the the vibe that you get is exactly as you say you know for me the magazine is a is a very very traditional medium of, of, of media it's it's so traditional it's, it's print advertising and so you know you have to move with the times and you 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 notice that like you say you know for, for businesses and especially small businesses um but but both as well you know they they recognize that social media and digital content is the, the future and the reach that they can get and the instant kind of trackable results as well for the return on investment is huge um so it's definitely something i've noticed when i've, I've been putting together proposals you know my my focus shifts from you can have a half page here, you can have a full page here, so you can have, okay, you might be able to have that that as well, but the focus is the, the sponsored article that you're going to get, the video that you're going to get, the, the social media posts, all the additional extras that is really, really valuable to, to a business. Absolutely, and I think it's very much all integrated together yeah. and I think that is perfect if that's you know what you're the route that you're going down mm-hmm. is looking at okay let's get you in that magazine mm-hmm. which is such a prestigious magazine yeah. to be in um, my yeah. clients always love it um, <laughs> but then how can we then make sure that they are getting the digital benefits and the SEO backlinks and yeah. you know the reach on social media and all of those things as well yeah definitely and so talking a little bit about um, the the industry that you work in and the or that we work in and the clients that that you and I, we all work with, um, you know, the, the nature of, of most of them is, is a question, it's, you know, it's rural country lifestyle brands. And I think there's always been a saying that the equestrian world, as well as as well as the others, <clears throat> is like, I think it's, you might know more than I do, but like two years behind everybody I'd say else. more than that. More, yeah, more than everyone else. So how would you describe the changes that you've seen in the industry um, since you started? Okay, so yeah, I think you're quite right. It's probably nearer five to ten years yeah. behind, to be honest. Behind like the fashion, tech, yeah, exactly, the main sort stream. of brands. Um, it's definitely, the equestrian world in particular is definitely becoming more innovative. Mm-hmm. Um, I think things like the Beta Innovation Award helps yeah. massively. So obviously Beta is mo- moving to Stony next year, which oh, would be, yeah. I think, really good. I think yeah. something's just needed to shake it up yeah, a little yeah, bit. Yeah, no. Um, so I think things like that are brilliant, but I think a lot of people have these amazing ideas, mm-hmm. and I speak to so many business owners, owners and they're like, this is what I want to do, yeah. this is my cool idea, I sign an NDA to even hear their <laughs> yeah, idea, because yeah, they're yeah. so precious yeah. about it. 
but I think the issue is, and I think this is true in both the equestrian world and very much the rural life as well, is that people aren't susceptible to change. They don't like change. And yeah. this is where when somebody's trying to invent an innovative product, mm-hmm. you then get shot down because, mm-hmm. well, what, what the product we've bought for the past 20 years yeah, works fine. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think there's definitely a move, movement, I'd say, in the past one to two years, and you can see that there are mm-hmm. more innovative things coming through. Yeah. Um, and I think particularly when people are wanting to, you know, always try and do the best for themselves and for their animals or for their sport or, you know, whatever it is that they're interested in. Mm-hmm. So it's just trying to make sure that those people that are coming up with the innovative ideas yeah. aren't just shunned because it's different, yeah. but actually let's try and celebrate that. Yeah. And I had a very interesting guy, um, conversation with a guy yesterday who... I'm hoping this will all come <laughs> off and then I'm going to send him your way, um, who's trying to just do something a bit different in the shooting yeah. industry. And I just think, he said, but yeah, but everyone's so traditional and they just yeah. wear such traditional things. I'm like, but it doesn't have to be that way. No, I like wearing something a bit different. Yeah. I know I wear a chauffeur mm-hmm. and Fairfax and Paver and Hong Cooper. Yeah, but the, but main, I like... Like the main example of that, for me, that sticks in my mind is, is Emma Brown Tweed. Yeah, like her, skirt. her stuff is they so unique. Are... And I live in yeah. her face. Yeah, I've seen you wear, them so, wear it so many times. And, and that is innovation in a, in a really traditional industry. And it kind of brings me on to... What I was just gonna say is, you know, what what do you think is the biggest challenge that our industries face? Because I I would say, really, and, and from some of my experience, it, it is that we are in such a traditional industry, and all of our values as a whole collective community and, and group of industries is so traditional. But society, wider society, is just moving at like a rate that nobody can keep up with, and and I think unless we do industries collectively come together and we kind of take that on board we're really gonna we're gonna we're not gonna grow with it we're gonna get left behind and and that's probably where essentially you know it is like a five or ten year kind of gap between between the two um and you notice that especially within sort of the the influencer blogging scene um but yeah, I'm curious to know, what, what would you say probably is the biggest challenge? I agree completely, actually. <laughs> it is just, we are so traditional, and you get, you've got traditional horsey things, traditional tweeds, traditional shooting attire, yeah. country attire, equestrian and clothing, farming, farming, it's all so traditional, mm-hmm. to the extent that it is probably almost a bit stuck in its ways. Yeah. And then hopefully there are brands coming through yeah. um, that can just try and push it a little mm-hmm. bit, but I think what they also need to recognise is that they can't, put something out there that's completely different in terms of whether it's a cut of a skirt yeah. or a gun slip or mm-hmm. anything horsey they can't just put it out there and assume that it's just going to take off overnight yeah, yeah. that's where you absolutely have to have an unshakable uh-huh. self-belief yeah but also think about how can we get the most out of this launch and how yeah. can we get it onto the instagrams of mm-hmm. influencers yeah. or to get people that are really quite um, prolific within their industry mm-hmm. to really start promoting it. Yeah, and that's the thing, and it's it's those influencers and those those individuals and, and where you place that product that is so key, I think. And I saw um, another one that I absolutely love at the minute, I think it's Scarlet Woods, her, her cartridge bags, have you seen them? No, I haven't. Oh, it's beautiful. They're, they're, they're bright, vibrant cartridge bags, which are so traditionally yeah. dark leather or tweed. And, you know, to see them on a shoot would be fantastic because it's like injecting colour. Well, I had a leopard print one shooting oh, over Christmas. Oh, no, did that. you see? Yes, did for a brand see. called Molle. 
and I, I just loved it it's just because different. it's so different yeah. and it turned up and I was like oh my gosh it's too pretty to use <laughs> and so many people were yeah. coming up to me at the shoot and they're like what is that from that's awesome yeah well that's the thing and I think um especially in the last couple of years and I kind of touched on it in, in the first podcast that it, kind of where the magazine came from was because there was such a movement in the number of of and I'm going to say this specifically but but to everybody but women in particular taking up shooting getting involved in in horses and farming there's such a kind of shift in the amount of people getting involved in that that traditionally because of the sort of stereotype of the industry being very male dominated sort of old gents and and that sort of thing that 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 has kind of opened up a whole new market to, to so many people but but also for the industry to, to evolve with it, because you know, years and years and years ago, you probably wouldn't see a, a woman out in the field. No. You just wouldn't. It, maybe as a loader, maybe, but but not certainly not with a gun. Um, and and now, you know, there's ladies only game days. There's obviously the the clay shooting clubs. Yep. It's massive. Um, I think the percentage of women shooting is still I think it's about 10 or 12 percent yeah so it's still the whole field of women but I think that's doubled in the past five or eight years mm. so it's growing yeah. but it's still the minority yeah. and I think it is becoming something that actually I think more women are wanting to get into yeah, particularly when you can have mm-hmm. a leopard print cartridge yeah, bag definitely. or a very, a very beautiful <laughs> beautifully cut yeah. fitted skirt yeah. that is just a bit different yeah and, and I think even even with that you know, and I've faced it probably with with my magazine, and you probably face it with with publications and events and all these other aspects that you pitch your clients to and their products and press releases and things like that. That that even as we say the industry is traditional, the the titles in which support them and the events in which support them they are also very traditional. And so unless you can kind of do a kind of like industry wide. We're gonna we're gonna adopt this change. We're gonna really harness it and, and go with it and actually kind of cater to the the changing industry rather than shun it. Um, you know, we'll always be a few steps behind. But one thing that but obviously my my magazine has a slight difference is that it, it speaks to the women within the industry rather than the men. And so these beautiful products that are different, that are fun, they are new you know they have a real home there because i'm also new yes i'm also different and i also have a different voice and and the same with what what you're doing you know there's so many new companies and you know worldwide the the amount of people starting their own businesses is just skyrocketing because people are fed up with Nine to five life. Oh, it's a like, brilliant time to be in business. Yeah, definitely. Even with all the shit that's going on around yeah, Brexit, it really is a good time to be in business. And and there's such an attitude of, yes, go and do it. Do your own thing. Create it. Like we're 100 here for you. Um, so yeah, I think although we have a traditional industry, it's it's interesting to kind of and, and I see you know when when I see press releases from you come through my inbox, you know there's new people all the time, mm. new brands all the time, and it's so lovely to see that. The industries are constantly innovating and the new people who are doing it it's not necessarily the existing brands although that's a fantastic thing because you know they're hugely recognized names it's new people it's new products it's people taking a leap and and going for it and i'm a massive advocate for people starting their own, like i love it yeah um because i i'm doing it and i and i know all the the pains and everything as do you and it's just so lovely to see 
Yeah, I, I love it. It's very refreshing. <laughs> it is, yeah. And I always, you know, I get so many DMs on Instagram from somebody saying, I'm just starting my business, I yeah. just want to say thanks for the videos, or, you know, asking me a little bit of advice. And mm-hmm. I just always congratulate them and celebrate them yeah. and say, good on you. Get through your first year mm-hmm. and then you will be going. <laughs> and that, that's, that, that's another thing, bring us on to, to your videos and your sort of content online. You know, you give up such a massive amount of valuable advice Oh, thank you. You, you do that. Like I always watch videos. I'm looking at your posts, and it's it's so inspiring. Again, one one thing you, you you talk about heavily is is setting goals for yourself and for your clients, and it's kind of like a regular theme in in the videos that you do. And you know how how essentially how do you do that for yourself? How do you know what's you know? Obviously, you talk a lot about sort of um, income goals and how they really help structure your business and. I think a lot of people who are thinking of starting their own business, they have their own business. It's not easy. No. <laughs> you have days when you just think, oh, I don't want to do this anymore. What am I doing? And and I remember you saying actually that you, I think it was like two and a half years into your business, you had a point where you were like, I don't want to do this anymore. Mm. I don't know what I'm doing. Like, and that's normal. That's okay. Yeah, absolutely. And I guess like for you coming out of that, you 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 had to adopt a whole different mindset to, to carry on. Um, so yeah, I mean, it'd be good to talk about sort of setting goals because I think it's a massive thing. Like there's that whole goal getter, goal digger um, kind of thing at the minute. So, and I think when you write down goals and you write things down, you're accountable for them. Yeah. Um, and it keeps you on track. So, uh, kind of, what's your stance on that? Okay, so goal setting, I adore. <laughs> um, <laughs> yes, it was. When was it? Probably mid 2017 was the point that I nearly closed my business mm-hmm. and. Uh, my cash flow management system was crap mm-hmm. and just really, really struggling. And I thought, I don't ever want to go back to being employed and being yeah. so unhappy. So I was like, I've yeah, got to sort this it. out. <laughs> um, and that was when I started working with a coach. And that was when we started then thinking about setting goals, whereas I just hadn't set goals before. Mm-hmm. I was very much living month to month and just seeing what happens, seeing you know what work I would get, what inquiries, mm-hmm. what you know outsourced work or subcontracted work I would get. Um, so that was the point I started working with a coach um, and that was the point I started setting goals but at the time when I first started setting I didn't really know what I was doing yeah. and when it came to setting those monthly income goals I kind of looked back and think okay what did I get last month in terms of sales mm-hmm. well let's push it by a couple hundred pounds or 500 pounds yeah. and just see where we go from there um, and it is now something I just love doing <laughs> absolutely <laughs> love it um, I think when it comes to thinking about setting goals I always try and get people to set a goal for the year yeah. um, and sometimes they they come up with a number and I'm like that's not big enough push it yeah. and then I encourage them to push it and then they say yeah but I can't do that and I say okay let's break it down mm-hmm. so we've got that annual figure that we might have just plucked out of thin air <laughs> divide that by 12 okay fine we've divided it by 12 um, what does that mean in terms of how many products or how many of your services you mm-hmm. have to sell each month do you have ongoing subscriptions or memberships yeah. or you know an ongoing monthly package that actually that would take care of X percentage of that monthly figure? Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think when, once you've broken it down massively, people can then really, really start to see how they can yeah. achieve it. I spoke to a client last week who's on sort of 55K years yeah. and she said, I want to push it. And I said, right, let's go to 75. She said, I can't do that. I said, yeah. you absolutely can. Let's break it down. And it worked yeah. out she needed like an extra, I think it's about, an extra grand a month wow. and I said what's that a p- one package that you're yeah, selling yeah. so you only need to sell one extra thing yeah. per month to suddenly get that extra yeah. 20 grand of income yeah. yeah 
So I think, you know, people very often just think, I can't do that. Mm -hmm. And as soon as you're saying to yourself, I can't, that's That's what you will have. The way your mind works as well, so you've got the conscious and the unconscious mind. The conscious mind is the goal setter, the unconscious is the goal getter. Okay. So once you've decided on what goal it is that you want to work towards, Mm -hmm. whether it's a personal or professional or an income goal, it might be a savings goal, um, you've then just got to kind of tune into it every single day. Mm -hmm. So if it's an income goal, write it out every single day as if it's already happened. Mm -hmm. So... I think I always use the example of 5k months because I think it's something that a lot of business owners would like to get to Um, and I would always say to them write out every single morning I am so thankful for my 5k month Mm -hmm. and just start to believe it's going to happen yes there are things that go wrong there are days that go wrong there's days you don't want to get out of bed Mm -hmm. but you've got to still do that morning routine commit to setting that goal saying Mm -hmm. I'm so thankful for my 5k month and just know that the universe will work it out for you yeah when it comes to a longer term goal, um, there's an NLP practice that um, I do with a lot of my clients and it's basically thinking about a date in the future. So it might be 12 months from now, it might yeah. be 18 months, 24 months from now, but you just got to get really clear on what the month and the year is mm-hmm. and then you start writing that out as well. Now this is generally an exercise that might take 5 or 10 minutes yeah. and you just write it out and say, okay, it's December 2021, yeah. I'm in this house or I'm just oh, walking down the aisle yeah. or whatever that longer term goal is for you, if yeah. it's to hit six figures, mm-hmm. just do my end of year accounts and yeah. I can just see that I've just hit 100k. Yeah. Whatever it is, you need to get really, really clear on the specifics mm-hmm. of that longer term goal. Yeah. So you're writing it out, you've set the date, what can you see, what can you smell, what are you mm-hmm. wearing, are you drinking champagne, are yeah. you with your husband or your best friend, yeah. is the dog there, what music do you have on, what candle is burning, yeah. and get really, really clear on every single specific and then put it to one side and mm-hmm. just trust that the universe will work its magic. Yeah. And the way that works is because your unconscious mind, it doesn't want to know how it's going to happen. Yeah. It doesn't care about that. It doesn't want big, long sentences or big, complex words. Yeah. It really tunes into feelings, yeah. sights, smells, how you're going to feel on that exact day. So when you're writing out that longer-term mm-hmm. goal, get really clear on how you're going to feel. Mm-hmm. So when I did mine, so I did mine in November, and the date was December 2020, so we shall mm-hmm. see if that comes true. Um, <laughs> but I was in this house and I had my candle on, had some trance playing Mm -hmm. um, and while I was writing it I was thinking how am I going to feel on that day knowing if or not that has come true and that's a really important thing with any goals that you set, always make sure that you're really really feeling it in your body, how you're going to feel when you hit it, not if you hit it, when you hit it. No that's really interesting and I think um, for anybody listening, you know, although we are here we're talking about business because we're both business owners, you know the the kind of thing to take away from it is you don't have to have a business to set goals and Absolutely the goals not. that you're talking about and the people that you talk to on on social media that take away from your your content you know some of them are, they don't have businesses you don't need businesses you can set goals like you said for your for your personal life so you know as you've just said like a year from now it doesn't have to be a business goal it can be a personal goal it could um, be to buy a house get yeah. engaged yeah, to be able to run 5k yeah to be one stone lighter, whatever it is. The most important thing, well there's two really important things when it comes to goals, whether they're business or personal, Mm -hmm. get really clear on the specifics Mm -hmm. and really feel them, but also get really accountable. So when we sort of think about getting clear on the specifics, Mm -hmm. you can't just say get lighter or eat better or run faster Mm -hmm. or run more because that's so open-ended. You can't just say save money Mm -hmm. because I could give you a pound to put into your savings and technically you've achieved that goal. So 
get really clear on the specifics so how much do you want to save how much yeah. do you want to how much weight do you want to lose how mm-hmm. far do you want to run you know which house do you want to buy yeah. is it a three bedroom house yeah. you know in the Cotswolds yeah. just so that you get really really clear yeah. on the specifics so then you can know whether you've actually hit it or not no that's really really interesting Vision boards work really, really well with setting goals as well. Um, So, I created my first vision board in I think it was December 2018. Mm -hmm. Um, There were things. I mean, mine was very materialistic because I like to be able to buy myself nice things. Well, I was going to say we're both car, fast cars, sunshine. There's a car on your which (laughs) yes, I can see outside. (laughs) Yeah, so I put the. Fast car on mine that gets to 60 in about 3.9 seconds. <laughs> uh, the Maldives was on there. Yeah. And as this is being interviewed, I'm going to the Maldives in three days. <laughs> um, and the fast car is out on the drive. Amazing. And the reason that worked is because I got really clear on what it was I wanted to yeah. achieve. I'm a very visual person anyway, mm-hmm. but I think when you create a vision board, it's just a collection of things you want. Yeah. It might be that you put that six-month or that 12-month yeah. income goal, savings goal, uh-huh. get that on there. Um, put whatever it is you want to buy mm-hmm. yourself, um, whether it's a nice pair of shoes yeah. that you can just buy without feeling guilty or you know whatever that looks like for you mm-hmm. and look at that daily as well. So I incorporate that into my morning routine. Mm-hmm. So yours is a physical vision Yeah, board. it's three A4 pages okay. stuck together just with random yeah. things that I've printed um, and I just get it out each morning. Because it's got so many things on it, mm-hmm. I perhaps focus on around five things each yeah. morning. So one day I might focus on the car, the yeah. next day I might fo- focus on the heels or mm-hmm. the tweed suit or whatever it yeah, is. Yeah. Um, and that really helps you tune in. Mm-hmm. And again, once you're looking at those pictures on that vision board, feel how you're going to feel to have that thing yeah so when I was looking at mine before I bought my card we look at this picture thinking how would I feel to walk out to the drive and see it on drive (laughs) or to feel to rock up to a meeting or how would I feel to get off the seaplane in the Maldives yeah um and I'll let you know how that one feels on Monday (laughs) (laughs) um but it's all about the feelings yeah and I think particularly for visual people or even if you're not a visual person yeah. I think vision boards still work really really well mm-hmm. um, and you can you can make a vision board and then change it so I mm-hmm. made mine and then changed it after five months okay. so I bought the car and the hot moldy yeah. was booked <laughs> so I thought right time for a refresh um, and you can change it as often as you like the yeah. things you want will change mm-hmm. um, and that's absolutely fine but it's just helping you really tune into what you want to to achieve and to buy okay so um, we've had a refresh of tea um, but following on from what we were just saying, you know, I remember you talking to, well, we had a conversation, I think it was at a time where I was essentially feeling like, I don't want to do this anymore, I don't know what I'm doing, help me. And um, you, you mentioned to me, and it was essentially I think about cash flow and savings and things like that, and you mentioned to me something I think you, you had done previously or you do, I don't know if you still do it, where I think it was, and you'll be able to kind of clarify for me, you, you kind of took a percentage of your profit every week or every month or whatever it was and put it into a pot yes and it kind of helps you feel like you're yeah I mean I mean talk to, talk to me about it yeah so <laughs> I read uh, an amazing book called Profit First mm-hmm. and I remember we had this conversation and I recommended you read it <laughs> um, it's a very <laughs> big book and basically all it tells you to do is whether it's every day or every week mm-hmm. look at what money you've had coming into your business mm-hmm. and then put a percentage aside you start yeah. by putting one percent aside yeah so actually you don't really miss 1% yeah. of an invoice that's been paid or a sale mm-hmm. that you've had. What you then do after a month is put up to 2%. Yeah. So again, hopefully you're not noticing that 2% yeah. going. And the aim is to, over a couple of months, work mm-hmm. it up to like 10% or 20%. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just a really good way. I think so many people 
struggle with saving or they yeah. just can't quite get their head around yeah. it and they you know they think I'll save after I've paid all my yeah. bills or my mm-hmm. invoices but actually you should take the profit first mm-hmm. so that's why it's called profit first so take that percentage yeah. put it in a separate savings account then pay your team pay mm-hmm. your bills pay your invoices and pay you can everything. do this for like you know your, your wages for your, your job you could do this as yeah, well um, if you're saving for whatever it is but like me in particular I really 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 want to save for a house that is on my kind of Get it on your vision board. Yeah, I need to make a vision board. Um, but yeah, that's on my kind of, you know, vision. It's in it's in my sights. Um, I think also when it's something so big as save yeah. for a house, so saving a deposit is massive. Yeah. Again, break that down. Mm-hmm. So everything that you set yourself, whether it's a task or whether it's a, yeah. a big term goal, break it down. So when do you want to get that house yeah. by? What deposit do you need? Mm-hmm. And then break it down. So if you want to buy a house in the next year or in 12 yeah. months, what deposit do you need and what do you have to put aside to each month mm-hmm. to do that? Yeah. Rather than just thinking, oh my God, I need 25 grand yeah. as, as a deposit. Yeah. That's going to blow anybody's brains. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, I, I know I'm not very good with money. Um, <laughs> my parents will definitely kind of, you know, confirm that. Um, and and actually, I'm, I'm 24 now and I have not saved a single penny at all until last year. Like I never saved anything. Oh, I hadn't. And the same, same with what you were just saying earlier. You know, you didn't have any savings, and literally something just clicked, and I was like, "No, I'm going to save money." I don't know the last thing about it. I'm horrific with money as it is, but no, I'm going to do it. And that conscious decision, I think, when you really feel something, kind of similar to what you're saying, when you really connect with it, um, you you kind of you want to do it. And so like anything that I have spare, where I'd normally be like, oh, let's go for a drink, or let's go and do this and do that. I'm like, no, this is what I want for myself. I'm gonna make it happen. And I, I'm to the point where like, I don't even have the card full and savings account. I don't even, I can't access it unless Good. I physically walk into the bank and speak to them. Um, so that for me is really, really helpful. But then I've, I've learned that about myself, that if I have access to something, just too easy it's to just too easy, yeah also with that be pretty careful how you talk to yourself mm-hmm. so if you're always saying to yourself i'm bad with money yeah. that's what you're going to have yeah, that's true. what you're going to manifest more of mm-hmm. the way the law of attraction works is that what you focus on expands so if you're focusing on being bad with money that's what you're going to get <laughs> yeah so tell yourself i am yeah. getting better at managing money yeah um and also part of the morning routine i do is affirmations mm-hmm. so an affirmation is a powerful i am statement yeah. that you say to yourself every single day yeah so I think when we had that conversation, yeah. I had no savings, really bad with money, um, and my coach was like, right, you have to do these affirmations yeah. every day. So every single day I was writing out, I am a money magnet. Mm-hmm. I am fantastic <laughs> at managing money. Yeah. At the time it was a lie, okay? Yeah. But I was just saying it to myself every single day mm-hmm. so that I could start to believe it because yeah. what you believe is what you can achieve. Mm-hmm. So if you truly believe that you can be a good money manager, yeah. you will be one. Yeah. If you truly believe that you can save, X amount for uh-huh. a deposit for a house, you will do it. Uh-huh. So be really careful what you say to yourself. <laughs> Little life lesson for yeah, you there. <laughs> thank you. This is this is the great thing about these podcasts and talking to all these people. I'm learning so much. Oh, I bet you are. <laughs> I'm literally learning so much. It's great. Um, but lastly, what I want to talk about, and it's a cheerier note, definitely, um, is, and I, and I say this loosely, but like treating yourself. When you've done well, you've achieved something, the importance of treating yourself. So you regularly go on holiday. I say regularly, <laughs> but you've, you've kind of taken a decision to, to take breaks when you need to, when you've achieved something, when you've done well, that's part of your process. And I was saying to you uh, just at, like earlier that one of mine was when I had a really, really good month, I bought myself 
a ring, it wasn't a very expensive ring, but, but it was a ring. And to me, that was significant because when I look at it, I will look at it and go, oh, you know, I, I earned that, I achieved that, this is my reward for that. And I just really like to talk about the importance of that, you know, whether that's having your own business, personally, you know, if you've achieved something great personally, the importance of treating yourself um, and kind of saying well done to yourself rather than expecting everybody else to celebrate for you. Um, yeah, I just, I'd like to sort of touch on that. That is so true. And yes, people <laughs> won't celebrate for you. Yeah. Um, so I incorporate this a lot around the goal setting as well. Mm-hmm. So if you have a massive month or you hit your goal or you, you know, buy that house, yeah. you hit that personal target that you would set yourself and you don't recognise it and celebrate it, yeah. you're basically saying to the universe, yeah, thanks for that. Yeah, yeah. And just definitely. shunning it off. Um, I had a massive, massive month. I think it was May last year, mm-hmm. and didn't do anything. Yeah. Didn't recognise it. I'd just been doing my morning routine mm-hmm. every day, saying oh, I'm so thankful for this. Yeah. And didn't recognise it in June. Just crashed for me mm-hmm. because I hadn't witnessed it really. Yeah. Whereas then August last year was massive, and I bought myself. I had a bottle of Verve chilling in the yeah. fridge. I booked myself a spa day. Mm-hmm. We went to the south of France. And because I was doing all those things, because I recognised how big August was, September, October, November continued to climb. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I think it's really important that even if it's just having a posh bottle of wine or treating your partner or your bestie to steak or Mm -hmm, going out for dinner or having a massage, it's really important that you do Do Mm recognise those things. Um, I know, obviously, finances are a massive topic and sometimes people say well I can't justify yeah. a massage or a posh bottle of champagne well give yourself an afternoon off Get, yeah. take yourself for yeah. a really long walk yeah. without feeling guilty it doesn't yeah. always have to cost money mm-hmm. but really make sure that anytime you are hitting your goals or yeah. you know you recognize that you've won a big client at work mm-hmm. or that you've helped your business or your you know your place of work mm-hmm. achieve something always make sure that you are putting something back out there back out to the universe as mm-hmm. a way of saying I recognise I've done this yeah. um, from a self care perspective I now barely ever work on a weekend, mm-hmm. I used to work 7 days a week and yeah. kept burning out, I was burning out every 3 months yeah. to the extent that for 7-10 to 10 days I could not do anything couldn't mm-hmm. get off the sofa, I couldn't even my mind wouldn't even work to write yeah. an email so now I recognise that my weekends are so important yeah. but also having weekends off isn't enough yeah. I need to be able to go away and lie on a beach or lie by a pool and yeah, not yeah. be at a laptop. Because Definitely. if I say to myself, oh, next week I'm just going to have a week off, yeah. I won't. I will no. end up working because I love what I do so much mm-hmm. and my laptop's just there. Yeah, Whereas so when I go away, my assistant does my emails. Mm-hmm. I don't check them. I say this, we had a three and a half week honeymoon <laughs> around America and I just kept checking them. Yeah. Um, but when we go away to Maldives, I'm not going to be checking emails mm-hmm. at all. I'm just going to have that time knowing that having that week off mm-hmm. is going to refresh and recharge my batteries yeah. so that I can come back fighting. Um, and I think it's really important to book regular breaks, whether yeah. it's one weekend away with a friend mm-hmm. or go to stay with a friend just yeah. to take yourself away from yeah. your working yeah. environment. You know, these things don't always have to cost lots of money. No, no, not at all. But it's so important that you prioritise self-care and schedule time for it as well. Yeah. Wow, thank you very much. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> and just before we go, do you want to tell everybody where... They can find you if they want to. Yes, yeah, so I am at Tara Punter PR on all socials. Um, Instagram is my biggie and my favourite mm. pa- platform. Um, and Instagram stories are a brilliant way to go behind the scenes to see yeah. my wafflings throughout the day. <laughs> um, and I do like little motivational things on there every single day. On we like to see Kiwi. Stories. 
Yes, Kiwi has her own page as well. She's Cotswold underscore Kiwi on Instagram. Um, she is the office manager at TPPR and farm manager of my husband's farm as well. So she's got a very important role. Um, but yeah, thank you so much for having me. No, thank you. It's such a pleasure. <laughs>